The prodigal son is my story. At different stages of my life, I have been the younger son, the older son, and the parent. As we begin the sermon for today, I encourage you to allow the story of the return of the prodigal son to descend into you as it has in me, to move from your mind into your heart so that the images in this story become etched in your spirit as it has in mine. I trust something new will be born in you as it has in me. What I want to reflect on are your thoughts about fairness, forgiveness, morality, behavior, and feelings. Secondly, I want you to be sure to understand the definition of the word prodigal, as many people are not sure of the definition. I like these definitions, wasteful, especially with money, lavish and excessive, being generous and giving abundantly. The parable is about choices, choices made by the younger son, the older son, and the father, and us. Our choices shape our character, and the choices we make will determine the sort of person we become. What have I learned from this parable? What lesson does Jesus want you and me to incorporate into our lives? This parable tells us about God's love, compassion, and forgiveness toward us. It is the same lesson over and over. It tells us how we should live in relationship with God, God's creation, and one another. It tells us about the kingdom of God. The entire story is one of grace, grace undeserved, unexpected, unearned. We are to receive the gift of God's generous love, and that is unearned. It is shown through the gifts of mercy and forgiveness. We are to love one another as God loves us. These are the gifts that we receive, and these are the gifts that we're supposed to give out to everyone, to those around us. God's love for us is so much greater than our love for one another. This all reflects the communal aspect of our lives. We do not live alone. We are all part of community. The character of the Father demonstrates God's great love for us by his immediate loving embrace of the prodigal son. He does not judge the son. He does not make any demands of repentance or restitution of the son. 
He is thankful for the lost being found, the dead coming back to life. The father extends his son, his love, to the older son also. He leaves the banquet to extend a personal, heartfelt invitation to him. I want to remind you of the setting of this story. The Pharisees are grumbling again about Jesus' behavior, especially the fact that he eats and drinks with sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors, and so forth. The implication is that Jesus is somewhat of a party boy. Jesus does not try to defend himself. Instead, he tells them three stories about three parties. First, he tells them of a party when a woman finds the lost coin from her wedding dowry, then another thrown after the lost sheep, and the biggest party, the one to celebrate the return of the younger son. Do you notice that Jesus doesn't really tell us how this story ends? The younger son's initial choices reflect his yearnings for independence, popularity, and pleasure. These choices do not leave him, do not lead him to love, security, joy, or fulfillment as he had hoped they would. Instead, they ruin him. He hits bottom. The second set of choices he makes, which include the choice to turn his life around, to repent, and to seek forgiveness, gives rise to humility and genuine contrition. These choices bring him home. The one thing that this parable can show us is that we become what we choose, moment by moment, day by day, year by year. But another thing that, that, that this parable means to tell us is that God also chooses. In fact, God has chosen. God has chosen to forgive us. God has chosen to accept and pardon and welcome us. No matter how miserable our choices have been in the past, no matter how vacillating and unpredictable they are in the present, and no matter how misguided they may be in the future, God says we are forgiven. God's forgiveness does not begin with us or what we deserve. It does not wait for us to be good so that we are deemed worthy of it. God's forgiveness begins with God and what God chooses to give freely. This is the beauty of the gospel, that God loves us without the least regard to what we deserve. 
we are forgiven. It may be difficult for us to accept this unwarranted grace. Who can fathom such forgiveness? Apparently not the elder son. He too is faced with a choice, and he chooses to remain in the field, refusing to attend the party, nursing his hurt feelings, and questioning his father's generosity. But before we dismiss him as an angry or resentful person, let's consider his choice and try to understand why he made it. What concerns him is not that his younger brother has been allowed to return, it is that he's receiving a hero's welcome. It's the party that troubles him. Why the feasting and the dancing? Yes, let the prodigal return, but to bread and water, not a fatted calf. Let him wear sackcloth, not a new robe, not a new ring. Let him come back in tears, not merriment, kneeling, not dancing. What disturbs the older brother is that his father's forgiveness seems to minimize the offense. Is the offense to be overlooked? Are the younger brothers to have his actions to have no consequences? I can relate to these feelings. Consider this. If you or I had been neighbors to this family and had been invited to the party, would we have gone or would we have stayed at home to show our disapproval of this lavish welcome to this foolish boy? It's not an easy question to answer, is it? Jesus' parables have a way of shocking us, just like they shocked the original audience, the Pharisees. And this story shocks us by showing us the wideness of God's mercy the generosity of God's love, the expanse of God's forgiveness, all of it unearned and undeserved, pure grace. If we are honest with ourselves, we have to admit that we too have been the beneficiaries of such grace. And then we begin to see things differently. When we finally awaken and are able to recall who we are and to whom we belong, when we stand up and dust ourselves off and begin the journey home, God comes running to meet us. God offers us, on, he offers us forgiveness even though we don't deserve it. God offers us pardon, even though we haven't earned it. God offers us a home, even though we were the ones who chose to leave. We are to love one another, 
as God loves us. We need to give these gifts that we have received to those around us. Let us pray. Oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Help us to live the word of God and pass it on. Amen.